You're listening to The Poncho Section, conversations about all things media and Mel Brooks. It's a podcast. And here's your hosts, Michael Canfer and Ethan Feldstein. All right, I'm going to try something. He's at the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20. He could go all the way. Touchdown. Yeah. That, that didn't work out as well. I have a slight cold, so I was hoping that I would have a raspy, sexy voice that would work well for radio, but it didn't. But we're talking about football today. Yeah, I think, I think people got that. <laughs> um, today, uh, we have on our good friend, Jacob Wilkins, whose voice you actually just heard when this podcast started. That's true. You hear it every time. Jacob, thanks for being on. Oh, good. I'm glad that you guys are using that one. That's right. We taped uh, some, some intro pieces last time. Yeah. Which I think was over the summer. Uh, it's been a while. We were previewing the NFL season. That's right. That's yeah, right. It's and hard now, to believe. Seems like yesterday. Yeah, and now we're deep in the throes of it. And so this will come out right before the Super Bowl. Yes. Right. And so so we're a little off, and we were kind of we were thinking beforehand, like whether this would actually work because we still have the championship games. So mm-hmm. we're gonna kind of mm-hmm. be slightly off. But the games were so good last weekend that I think this actually works out. Yeah, definitely. And like, we'll, we'll kind of give our thoughts as to who we may think might go all the way. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, the, actually, that's a good thing. We should start out with, I mean, it's kind of weird because people already know who's in the Super Bowl. Right. But we can say what our predictions are and see how close we are. Yeah, usually so, let us know if we're right or wrong and yeah. yell at us. Yeah, so I'll start it out. I'm going to say uh, Minnesota, New England. Mm. I think that, and I don't. Yeah, Is that I think what you're hoping for. No, I, I'm I'm hoping for Minnesota Jacksonville. Yeah, that would that would definitely be my hope. I just don't think Jacksonville stands a chance. Uh, but out of my prediction, Minnesota New England, I would say probably New England. Unfortunately, will probably mm. win. I would have to say that would stink. What do you think? What do you guys think? I'm I'm thinking. I'm actually kind of thinking it would probably be the same going into the into the Super Bowl. I wish it would be the Jags Vikings. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it would probably be Vikings Pats, and you know I'm not I'm not sure who would win that. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe I could be convinced tonight. Okay. What yeah. about you, Jacob? You know, it would be it's it'd be such a smart pick to pick the Jaguars, but you can't lose. No one's gonna remember if I pick them in the Patriots win. Mm-hmm. But everyone, I'll look like such a genius if I pick them and uh, <laughs> and they and the Patriots lose. Blake Bortles MVP. <laughs> hey, who would have thought, you know, I mean, uh, that, that Blake would have played like he did last week after the 10-3 win against yeah. Buffalo. You know what? I'll say it. Sure. Jaguars-Vikings. Why not? Doug Marone, nice. you have a Tom Coughlin. You know, who's beaten Bill Belichick twice? Yeah. yeah okay. Tom Coughlin. Oh, that's a very good point. And who's I, the president of the Jaguars, Tom Coughlin? Yeah. Who is actually part of the Parcells, the Bill Parcells tree of right. Coughlin and Belichick and Charlie Weiss, whose son actually just got uh, became one of the youngest offensive coordinators in the game uh, at in college. Uh, but in that tree is Doug Marone. So you're right. Uh, that is something to think about. Now the idea of like you know Blake being in the Super Bowl, Blake Bortles. Who is a likable, likable enough guy? I, I mean, it would have been hard to believe after the ten three game against Buffalo, but yeah, why not? I'll ride the Jaguars, but the Vikings will win. I say either way. 
Okay, you think awesome? Oh, so you think the Vikings would win against New England? The team as well? of destiny. Well, think of it: the Vikings playing now. By the way, I wouldn't count out the Eagles so quickly. I mean, first of I was all, see. I was happy that you guys were counting out the Eagles, and I was hoping that we wouldn't have to talk about them. <laughs> well, the, the, just as a Giants fan, the the Eagles. I mean, the, both of those teams have a haunted history in the uh, in the conference championship games. I mean, the Eagles have lost multiple conference championship games at home. They have yeah. the one Super Bowl, which was sort of the uh, Donovan. McNabb vomiting, not like choking proverbially, literally throwing yeah. up down the field. <laughs> right, uh, right. When when New England uh, won, right. but uh, the you know the Vikings, of course, have had you know they were <laughs> I mean they were heading towards another finish that could have been uh, you know just adding to the curse against the Saints, and obviously they get the miraculous finish. But oh my, yeah, we have to talk more about yeah. that. By the way, yes, <laughs> that but was just such the, an incredible. Yeah, game. the yeah. thing just to, with with the Vikings and this, and it's a um, I think Mike Zimmer's an excellent coach. I mean, you would they would have them playing at home. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, and um, what what is I think important to recognize in these games is. Actually, what I've said for what what I've noticed in a lot of the different playoff series across multiple sports is it's easy, and I used to do it to say, how is how could a team, uh, you know, come back and win a series after let's say losing and you know a blowout. Basically, I'm saying the games don't connect. One game doesn't connect to the other, especially in football. Different mm-hmm. game plan, different week, different strategy, different conditions. So yeah. uh, it is dangerous for me to go off the Vikings' momentum blazing win. But you could also argue the Eagles are lucky to be here this week considering the Falcons really had a great chance to win it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I want to go back and I want to talk about – well, I want to first – actually, let's talk about Pittsburgh. Okay. Let's talk about Pittsburgh game because that kind of, I felt, I don't know if you guys felt the same way. And I don't know if this is still fresh in people's memories, but hopefully it is. I felt that that was Mike Tomlin. That was a real, I I thought it was, it came down to coaching, Mm -hmm. that it was a coaching disaster. (laughs) And especially at the end to choose, I was totally against um, doing the onside kick Mm -hmm. at the end. I thought that was, I, I don't know. I felt like they had a good shot because again, there were so many great plays there was there were so many great touchdowns and like I just didn't understand how they could how they could fuck that up. You know? Yeah, it and a team a team that has that that playoff experience too. Mm-hmm. It definitely I seemed to be like a heavy offensive type of game where most of the focus was on the offense. So I feel like for I think you have a point where it had to do with the coaching and maybe some of the time management of of the pa- uh, wow I was about to say the pat. Um, of Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, it, it really did. I, I was I was pretty shocked. And I don't know. Yeah, Jacob, I don't know how you feel about this. Well, I think you have uh, a couple of different things going on here. Remember, you do have a, did have a fumble return for a touchdown, so defense played mm-hmm. a role. And obviously, the onside kick was a special team's decision. Yeah. Um, and then the penalty, too. I mean, God. Yeah. Yeah, so you you've got, but the Jaguars did race out to a fourteen nothing and then a twenty eight seven lead. Right. So no, they, it wasn't like it was neck and neck, and then one bad decision flipped. And now you could argue the Steelers' game plan was flawed. It was and very obviously, flawed. once Pittsburgh came back, and then they made you know between the fourth and one, and 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 yeah, Roethlisberger not who is such a successful quarterback on QB sneaks them not 
using him uh, in that role or the onside kick. But this Steelers team, you know, I do updates for um, Adam Shine, Shine on Sports on Sirius XM to right. give them the free plug that they don't uh, need. They're doing <laughs> fine. Um, but Adam had said for really leading up to this game, he thought the Steelers were not focused. Hmm. You know, what looked on paper to be a lopsided Steelers win. Again, you go off the Jaguars barely getting by the Bills mm-hmm. in that game. You yeah. say, what can Blake Bortles do? But when you get to uh, what what Adam was saying is that, and he's very wired into the NFL and a, a astute observer, Mike Tomlin was looking ahead to the Patriots in an interview with Tony Dungy yeah, in I'd November, that actually. Yeah. which is a problem. It's a, um, that's a huge problem. You're you, only supposed to focus on what's right in front of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, it, we're, we're two-sided in the media, right? Because... Mm-hmm. We criticize coaches for coach speak and speaking in cliches and saying one game at a time when you know they have things in their head. I frankly wasn't that bothered. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this team isn't focused, you know, because it seemed like Pittsburgh was destined for that meeting with New England. Look how hard they played the Patriots at home, which um, was another interestingly coached game. Uh, And obviously the officiating at the end. But Tomlin's been doing some weird stuff with the two-point conversions, uh, you know, a He's lot. been doing that forever. For a couple of years, yeah. But uh, you got to give Jacksonville credit. I mean, with the game plan they had, to. I mean, mm-hmm. they whipped it around the field and, and came out firing. Also, Pittsburgh, you know, they had a lot of distractions going into this game. You had James Harrison, who was cut from or really wanted out of Pittsburgh, wasn't happy with his playing time. Mm-hmm. And then join New England, and you had teammates saying that he wanted to get out. That you know he was, they'd never be that sort of guy in the locker room. So you had his distraction. You had Le'Veon Bell a day or two before the game saying he might hold out next year if he didn't get the contract he wanted, or if right. he was franchise tagged mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Then he then he sort of had a cryptic, you know, or. Uh, tried to walk that back on Twitter. Then he had an Instagram post on Saturday night saying round two, uh, which is fine if he can back it up. Yeah. But you had his distraction. Um, so there was a lot. You know, those are three things I just mentioned. That's a lot for a team that clearly is so talented they could overcome it in the regular season. I think what really fooled all of us about this game, it is why I, uh, you, you don't link games as people said. Look, Jacksonville blew them out the first time. They'll never do that again. Pittsburgh's going to adjust, and you would think mm-hmm. so. But give Jacksonville credit. You know, it's not the pop. It's not the sexy thing to do. But they came up with just another really strong game plan against the Steelers team. They either wasn't focused, may have been overconfident, or just didn't have the um, the tools or the game plan to stop them. By the way, after this is all over, now. Some might argue, I heard, I saw Mike Francis on, on TV today saying Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator, was a bit of a scapegoat. He was fired. But mm-hmm. there was friction between him and Ben Roethlisberger. So, okay. uh, and by the way, I didn't mention, you know, you've got a lot of strong egos on that team. Antonio Brown always wants the ball. Amazing player, but always wants the ball. I mean, he, had, he like kicked a container or something earlier in the year. So there was always something going on with that team. They also had a couple of... Um, they didn't play as well on the road. That's why it was surprising to see how they played at home. 
Uh, but they had a couple of close calls when you think of Green Bay. They barely beat them without Aaron yeah. Rodgers at home. Uh, you even look at on the road, losses at Chicago, barely won at Cleveland, though Cleveland does play hard at home. So there was a lot of stuff going on. The thing I found interesting with this game is that it seemed that the Steelers definitely had more weapons. And while the Jaguars had fewer weapons, it seemed that they utilized their weapons better. They utilized their stronger players in a better way. Like you had uh, Leonard uh, Fournette. Mm-hmm. Dominated, absolutely dominated. I mean, you can't deny that Roethlisberger did great. I mean, he had five touchdowns, but uh, and I, on I'd these say, like weird like fourth down <clears throat> plays where I was yeah. like, I was watching it, and I'm just like, this is this is t-. again. I was like criticizing the coaching the whole time. I was like, this is a terrible decision. And then he would throw an incredible touchdown pass to Antonio Brown, and right. I'm like, all right. Yeah, there was a lot of... Well, they're a fun team to watch. I mean, they made crazy plays, but Mm -hmm. I think Jacksonville, if the final score was 42... uh, It was 42 to 45, I believe. Mm 45-42. So that is six touchdowns for Jacksonville, okay? They, I believe, were five for five in the red zone. Yeah, because then you Mm -hmm. had the fumble recovery touchdown. That's incredible. Oh, yeah, it was unbelievable. It's Pittsburgh was to remain within three. Now, they came Mm -hmm. from behind, and they're excellent. You know, they nearly pulled it out, but... Give Blake Bortles credit. Yeah. There were a couple of times in that game when they were up, was it 35? It was something. It was late in the game where they had a lead, I think 35-28. Mm-hmm. And Bortles, with a third down conversion, gets them the touchdown, brilliant play calling, and made it 42-28. So they were able to, to their, stay their a step fullback. ahead. It was, it, that was a great To the fullback. Yeah. But, yeah, to go back to the point of lesser weapons, yeah, obviously people, I mean, uh, Pittsburgh has is loaded. I mean, yeah. Le'Veon Bell, Juju Smith-Schuster, mm-hmm. uh, Martavis Bryant, Antonio Brown, Roethlisberger. Right. Yeah, I mean, offensively, but you know what? A good running game, You don't. it doesn't matter. I mean, look, yeah. the Eagles didn't have their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, it comes down to a lot of co- uh, coaching decisions. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the Eagles-Falcons game, you have a team without their quarterback in Philadelphia, Nick Foles, but they played the game they wanted yeah. uh, and got, you know, got the win in a much different type of game. Right. But uh, so disappointing for me. <laughs> Why is that? So disappointing. Do you have money on the Falcons? No, I just wanted the fa- I thought this was the Falcons. Like, I... They had the playoff experience from last year. I thought they really wanted to be back there. You know, it would have been great. That's to another see a really talented team, yeah. the Falcons. Absolutely, but. absolutely. And I feel like Matt Ryan deserves it too. You know, he's fought hard, but again, you know, and yeah, that was an week, odd game. Yeah. It was an odd game. But they also, you know, they they sort of uh, sleepwalked through some of the regular season. Yeah, give Mike Francesa credit for this. Is why he brought up a lot of that Atlanta's, uh, you know, one of the most talented teams. But you yes. looked at they had home losses this year. Yeah, uh, against Miami. No, they just uh, barely made it to the playoffs. Y- yeah, I mean, had to fight their way, and then it seemed like oh, they're gonna hit the hit hit the uh, hit their stride mm-hmm. uh, late because they beat mm-hmm. the Rams on the road. They yeah. get a favorable favorable matchup against Philadelphia without Carson Wentz, which has changed that team's whole offense. Oh, completely. Um, and then they lose in the second round. So yeah, I think we all wanted to uh, to see uh, Atlanta uh, or you know potentially make a run. Uh, not everyone, but it would it would have been interesting. Yeah. But uh, they um, because I think uh, you know everyone looks back at blowing the twenty eight three lead, and it's easy to say what uh, we all you know people want the redemptive story, but uh, mm. it wasn't to be had. Yeah. Not this year. Well, yeah. You know, you mentioned the Rams before. I was kind of, I mean, surprised, but not too surprised because the Rams had such a great season. Mm-hmm. And I saw today that uh, that Sean McVay, he won Coach of the Year, right? Oh, really? Yeah. 
Was that announced already? I didn't know that. Or I, I'm pretty sure. And then maybe they, won something. You know, they was different. Yeah, we have the NFL honors coming up later in the month before the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, maybe I was just misled by an internet article, yeah. but there was that, and there was also which I didn't even know. There's offensive coordinator award or just like something. Some maybe it was just a poll. Huh. Who um, where they had uh, Pat Shermer and what uh, do you think of Pat Shermer to the Giants? I mean, you know, I think it's I think it's good overall, but I'm kind of I'm kind of worried. Just because of how far the reputation of the Giants has fallen, I thought you know the, originally the the word on the street was it was Josh McDaniels' job, right? That was the thing they wanted another offensive. Well, coach. literally, it was right. Uh, okay, he was on, he was on. always at the top of the list, you know, at least from what I saw in the beginning of these interviews. And then it turned out that he didn't really want. It wasn't first on his list. Mm-hmm. He didn't want the job, you know, and then. And they, you know, Matt Patricia was also on that list as well, but like he wasn't really someone the Giants considered until uh, apparently his interview had gone really well. And there was speculation that he was going to take the job and everyone was talking about it. But it turns out that he wanted the Detroit job. Hmm. So it kind of, it's weird. It almost feels, I know, I know the interviews went well. Uh, you, know what's funny? you know, it's funny. It's yeah. like, yeah, well, we were both talking about interview, you know, you interview for different jobs. And yeah, yeah. do you guys ever feel like if you're interviewing for something like you don't want to, uh, you know, lead someone on in a different direction? Sure. Uh, but think of what these coaches have to do. Like yeah. you have to like if you're in an interview with the Giants. Yeah. And uh, you've got to be like all in like, here's what I do as the coach of the Giants. Yeah, right? you, and we're not talking to like. A thirty-minute, like I'll take this interview because it seems like the nice thing to do. We're talking like we're talking like four hours, five yeah. hours, and then you just go. You know what? Actually, I'm going to spurn you. I'm going to take Detroit, and then you yeah. got coaches that are just dying for an interview. It's just interesting. It's it, just an it, interesting it, it process. Is, it is kind of crazy, but I guess the Giants have always had this sort of. There, there's always this like I, I can call it like an ego around them. They're like, oh, everyone wants to coach the Giants, and it's not really the case right now. It feels, it, that's how it feels. I mean, I know the interview went well with Pat Shermer. At least that's what they're saying. But I, again, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if he really was their first choice, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I didn't I, see this. I, yeah. I actually did not see this reported, but I yeah. heard it on the radio that some folks were concerned that Gettleman, who I love, I, I love this guy. I, I like Gettleman, I like the too. press conference, you know. He's going to be so much more in the fun. yacht, okay, thick Boston accent. Yeah, he's uh, going to be a lot more fun than Reese. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, he, oh, he's the total opposite of Reese. Yeah, I saw he, Reese he, and McAdoo last summer. Could have, they were just the most boring pair. Right, I mean, Gettleman <laughs> comes striding up there. Hey, I don't know your name, you young reporter. Oh, okay, Jordan. You know, let me tell you what the. I mean, just yeah. oh, uh, I'll, 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 uh, I'll. When the best was when they said, you know, he's like, I'll be here till they, you know, take away my key card, and yeah. or uh, I'm dead. Oh, it's great. Oh, I love this guy. I'd work yeah. for him in a second. Supposedly, though, he's he obviously he's not everyone loved him. Ask uh, people in Carolina, oh, but no. <laughs> uh, you know, but there was a rumor that some candidates were turned off by the idea of an overactive general manager. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it comes down to quarterback certainty. Detroit, you're getting Matt Stafford. I mean, that's such a talented team, such a yeah. tailor made job. Now, the Giants have a lot of talent. I mean, Odell and, you know, but it's, it yeah, is a. The locker a, room's a mess, though. It yeah. is, it is a, but, the, and the quarterback uncertainty and potentially having to be the deliverer of bad news. And, right. you know, so there were different factors. Indianapolis. Now, McDaniels takes the Indy job 
Yeah. Now, Patricia going to Detroit makes sense because Bob Quinn is the GM there. Yeah, and no, he was it, with it, the Patriots. It did make sense from the like. But that's what I thought was going to happen from the beginning. Who knows if Andrew Luck's going to come back? Oh, I mean, he, I think he'll play again. But the idea that that's a slam dunk, like, okay, you're going to get to coach Andrew Luck. I mean, we haven't seen Andrew Luck on the field this season no. uh, for much of last season. You have an injury plague guy. I mean, some really odd stuff. Um, yeah, that's true. So uh, I'm not sure that's such a that, that organization, which was on the rise, uh, you know, with uh, um, the title game, or I'm sorry, the AFC championship game appearance, which led to Deflategate. Uh, has sort yeah, of been like definitely. barely hanging on, and it just seemed you know they didn't have an offensive line. They did get rid of the GM Grigson, yeah. I mm-hmm. believe. I was get, there's been so much different things going on there. Uh, yeah, I think Chris Ballard is the GM there now, okay. uh, who was with the Chiefs and is well respected. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the Giants' job is. I think those are equal at least Indianapolis and, and New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I would because say you're so. going to get a high. Le- you're either going to stick with Eli, or you're going to. You could draft. You have the number two pick in the draft. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that with two of the best quarterbacks that people say are out there. Now, what you think of Darnold and uh, I, I think, Darnold and Rosen is is a different story. But I think they will draft a quarterback. By the way, though, I'm taking no you guys what. into like forty different topics here, but I like Talk, it. No, 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 it's fine. I honestly, I think that the Giants will. They're going to draft a quarterback anyway. They're going to like first round. I think they're going to take Darnold. Honestly, hmm. um, I think. I think he's better suited for, uh, I guess his personality, I want to say, is better suited for the Giants. But you don't want Josh Rosen and his outspoken uh, I nature? I don't think the Giants would want that. But I, who I knows? would agree. I, yeah, I, I don't well, know. Look, Callen always rock. I mean, Odell's outspo- outspoken, though, in yeah, a very different they, way. But I don't think <clears> they want more of that, in a sense. <laughs> no, that, honestly, yeah. I don't, I'm always concerned about Odell, too. Because I think one of the big things... I'm, well, that's going to be a decision Reese has to make. Well, well no, not, not Reese. I'm sorry. Uh, we were talking about Reese. Uh, uh, Gettleman. 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 Well, that's, I think that's probably been a big question in the interviews. I would have to think is how are you going to handle players like him? Yep. You know, because he's been, in my mind, I think he's been coddled. And I think, I think honestly, and I hate to say it, but I think Coughlin um, kind of started this all off where Coughlin really kind of let him get away with everything. I agree. Oh, I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right on. Yeah. And we all love Tom. I, yeah. I mean, I'm, amazing coach. I miss Tom. I really <laughs> Wait, do. Right. I mean, when, when you're back, of course, yeah, you're going to miss Tom. Well, Tom, but, Tom was more fun. Right. But <laughs> uh, with um, uh, they, they, they enabled, and this went from Coughlin to Reese to, dare I say, Mara, uh, yeah, they were enablers no. and remained enablers are still, because you haven't seen anything different yet, mm-hmm. are right. enablers of Odell's behavior. Yeah. and that. And but I, then it got overshadowed because Odell was out for the year. Yeah. And then you had Eli Apple in his spat. And, Which is another bad thing, right, too. Right, and you had all these other things that actually overtook it. And we don't know what's going to happen with that either. Um, it, it looks like he won't be back, but who knows? The news in the next couple of weeks may be different. We're not really sure. Uh, All I know, for anybody who should not be coming back, it's Flowers. <laughs> you, didn't, yeah. you didn't like well, yeah, well. Well, the offensive line the is off- a whole yeah. Yeah. Maybe pretty much the the entire yeah. offensive line. That, yeah, that's but, been a story well, I like for Justin a Pugh. while. I do like Justin Pugh. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. One funny thing uh, related to both the Giants and the Lions that, that we brought up. I was, I was doing a little bit of research. I pulled up the standings thing. Honestly, was thinking the Giants were probably the worst in, in, in all of the NFL. Definitely the NFC. Turns out there's a worst team, the Browns, who right. went 0 16. And mm-hmm. then I was thinking to the Lions because they had a few years back 
had they their own, own 16, 16 season. Yes. season. And yeah. they seem to have turned things well, here's around something in, funny. in a, several years. So hopefully, you know, if we, could, we could keep our fingers crossed and maybe the Giants could do the same. Well, they can't get much worse. They definitely were well, the they only could. sixteen they lions. The, the they, I believe the, the only sixteen lions team. were under Jim Schwartz. I want to. I don't want to um, connect Jim to that, but I don't. I, I don't know. Think actually. they were. I thought Jim Schwartz actually. Well, he had one season where they were decent. No, because zero sixteen. That wasn't with Stafford, was it? Yes, yeah, so I think uh, maybe that was right no, before. It must have been. Right it must have been right before Stafford, because Stafford yeah. came. I think yeah. the same year that Jim Schwartz. I could be. I could be a little. We have off. researchers that work for the know, podcast. Is, we need an intern. In any case, one. my point was that there was so much misreporting in this Giants head coaching search. And, and look, and maybe it'll change once this podcast is aired. I mean, Shermer hasn't at this point been officially named. Mm-hmm. The right, Giants but head like coach. everything is like point. Like all these like right, head coaching hires, first, everything's pointing to right, these people. Right, they're being respectful and not. But we uh, all know, like, there's no, I don't, can't imagine any other option unless they somehow decide, you know, what, we're going to well, promote it's just, Spagnuolo. It's interesting because the Giants had all these rumors. I love Spagnuolo, by the oh, way, the way too. he talks in the post game. It me was too. such I'm, a breath I'm of fresh huge, air. I'm a huge Spagnuolo fan. Uh, but has not been a successful head coach. And I don't think the, yeah. the, I'm looking more at his time with the Rams. I would not, I don't think it's fair to judge him on his Giants tenure. No. But, I mean, not exactly given a full deck. <clears throat> but, when you look at, I was going to say first, it was the Giants are going to talk to Jim Schwartz. You know, yeah. they. I don't think they even interviewed him. No, he was a front runner. Yeah, and then it was the Giants are going to interview, or they did interview Steve Wilkes, but he's the front runner because he was a defensive coordinator in Carolina, and he's going to no. and him and Gettleman. No, no, he, wait, wait. Can I just say one thing about him though, Steve yeah. Wilkes? I, By the way, I think of Steve Wilkes. I think of Steve. I looked him up. Steve Wilkos, the famed Jerry Springer sidekick. Right, right. yeah, yeah. And I just think of. <laughs> I don't know. I just think of. Him. Well, I didn't want. I didn't want them to hire Steve Wilkes only because I have an issue with coordinators who who work from the booth, who work up, who work inside. Really? Oh, this is huge, great. I, I love these little. I have a huge <laughs> issue with that. I think that's. I think that's messed up. I think you got to be on the field. You love the coordinator that's in the flesh. You have to be out there in the field. You look at Spagnolo. He looks like he's ready to run out in the field and tackle somebody. You oh, have to be great. in it. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And look, yeah. did you see the Giants' defense? It looked like uh, they were trying to uh, the, the attempt to tackle. Well, they had a guy after Spagnolo left, and I think it was after when he had gotten the Rams' job. They had brought in a guy, Bill Sheridan, to be the defensive coordinator, and he said he wanted to he wanted to be in the upstairs. And the Giants said, "No, you got to be on the field." They they wouldn't hmm. do it, yeah, which I find very See, interesting. There, I, I look at it two different ways. You've excuse me, you've got this would be a fascinating like. See, these are the this should have been the research you were doing, uh, <laughs> Mike. Is co- coordinators yeah. that uh, of head coaches hired who were the how many were coordinators that were down on the field and how many that were up in the booth? Yeah, and so we then we can see if there's in the booth bias. We might have um, to do that in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gonna, no, but I like I do think there you definitely feel more connected with your coordinator if. Meaning the team's uh, uh, or your fan as a fan, your team's mm-hmm. coordinator, if they're on the field. Absolutely. But then there's also something. If you're a great coordinator from the booth, there's almost like a doctoral, like a Doctor Spock element. Like, oh my god, the 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 guy in the sky type thing. Like he's so good, he's looking down on the field and like uh, is so good at calling the plays, and we can't even see him on the sideline. There's almost something more genius about that. I, I guess I just don't quite understand it. It's like they're hiding. I don't. Yeah, but, but why not? Well, why? But why do they get to? I don't understand why they get to be up. Like the head coach has to well, be down there. The head right. coach has no, to but, be but there it, in the elements. Well, no, no, no. It's not about no, no. One sec. This this little defender uh, coaches that are in the booth. 
the idea is not that they are uh, afraid of the field. You do. How do you know? have a better field? <laughs> you have a better view of the field in the booth. There is no question. Yes. So you may be able to, and you have access to replays. Right. So you mm. may have better. Now you give up that face-to-face interaction with players. Yeah. But you you probably. Call, I mean. Mo- mostly in collegiate uh, sports, a lot of times in collegiate sports, um, not mostly, but plenty of coordinators call games from the booth and because you do have a better view of the field and you can see defenses in full. Right, right. But in like a, I don't know, end of the game situation, like what happened What happened um, in uh, in Minnesota at the very end, when all you had to, you, all you have to say to the guys is, look, just make a tackle. Oh, I That's think that was it. said to them. Yeah. That's it. I think that you. Do, but I don't know because it didn't look that way. It looked like they were trying to make something big happen. Yeah, and it just. And you might be right, but again, that was like, and that was. <laughs> so that that game, I don't know about you guys. I was rooting for the Saints that game, just because hmm. they were. I always like to root for the underdog, but I was happy for Minnesota too. Like I didn't really have like you know it didn't really matter in the end. But did you see there was that hundred? She was a hundred, maybe a hundred and one yes. year old woman, who was. It was drinking a. Uh, yeah, she was drinking a beer, right? She was. Uh, no, I don't. I think it was some hard liquor, actually. Oh really? Oh yeah. So she was because <clears throat> yes. I feel like yes, yeah, so there was like this woman, and maybe you know more of the story than I do, but she had been a Vikings fan from the beginning. Her granddaughter had written a letter to the organization, and they set her up. They they got they she got to go to her first game. And like the owner came down and met her, right? And Not this game. I think she has been at games in the past. Oh, she has been at games. Oh, I thought it was like her first game. I don't. Th- I mean, I don't. All I know is that Roger Goodell was with her. Maybe oh. it was. You might be right. You okay. might be right. But I saw Roger. I thought it was so funny that Roger Goodell was down. It was like the waning moments of the fourth quarter. Roger Goodell was like chatting with the hundred-year-old uh, Vikings fan. I mean, but she got to see like the most incredible finish ever. Goodell. I mean, that's yep. just yeah. an amazing. I was like, after that game, I was just happy for her, and also seeing. Case Keenum's excitement was really yeah. nice too. Like it was just who doesn't love really the skull champ? By the way, I I get chills now. I'm a little. It does have you a sort Sean, of like very like u- uniformist uh, uh, thing to it. Yeah, uh, uh, this almost seems like uh, a communist ch- chant. But uh, 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 but um, I love the skull champ. You see Sean Payton mocking it. I know. Yeah, I know. he's he's a former Giants offensive coordinator under yes, he is. under Jim Fossil. The idea that, that they've never... That, I always think it's interesting. Like, like Sean Payton, I'm just surprised he hasn't been plucked away for, like, a Giants job. Me too, actually. Yeah. Well, there they were talks of... They were talking about that. He's been rumored in the years. Past. Not this time around, though. No, because well, he's actually doing well. It's It actually is surprising that he's stuck with the Saints for so long after everything that's happened over the years. And that they've stuck with him. I mean, it's been a mutual... It it's shows, really weird. I mean, it, I, it's, it's kind of nice. I'm always pro teams not... I think it's, it's the longer you can go with the coach, the better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially when you got someone good like Sean Payton. And I think, you know, Sean got the short end of the stick in, in some of the bounty gate yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Right, he was banned for a year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But... Uh, at the same time, you know, they the team had hit a rough patch of late, but they stuck with them and now they're good again. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, 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 I think, but I'm surprised. Yeah. He even that it's, it's a long time for a guy to be with one team and uh, it would just be interesting to know what his life is like, you know, in New Orleans, which, which keeps mm-hmm. him there, 
you know, what he, he clearly loves it there. Yeah. Well, he's one of the longest, I mean, besides Belichick, probably. Well, Tomlin's been there a long time uh, in Pittsburgh. Not as long as... No, Peyton's been there longer. Peyton's been there longer, and Belichick's been in New England longer. Yes, well, sure. Belichick's the longest tenured, yeah. Right, and he has no... There were rumors of him coming to the Giants, and I was like, that's what? just a lo- crock of shit. I don't yeah, know what like, Why happen. would he ever leave New England? No. Like, it, just, it makes no sense at all. That's but, crazy. Uh, yeah, we should drive this back somewhere to our, our well, Super Bowl. We're talking about and the And John Saints. Gruden. That's right, John Gruden going to, uh, going to the Raiders. Yep. Which uh, actually, before before we get into this, yeah. I wanted to talk about since since we have Jacob on, um, I want to talk about that Sean McDonough call. This is from a couple weeks yeah, ago, that's right? With the 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 Kansas City not touchdown, right? That was nothing. Where he uh, kind of uh, went through puberty a little bit there. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of actually, I kind of. Um, it was funny in the moment, and I, I I still think it's really funny. But I kind of admire his excitement. Because I feel like that's lost on a lot of mm-hmm. um, a lot of these announcing teams, and and I've heard other people say the same thing that like it was just nice to see someone just like kind of lose it because they're just so passionate about the game. Mm-hmm. So I just want to—I know you're a fan of him. Yeah. So yeah. So no, this is where I actually I think I can lend some insight, not because I was there. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, uh, but uh, yeah. So first of all, I'm a big Sean McDonough fan. Have been for a long time before Monday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sean McDonough was calling the World Series when he was 30, mm-hmm. uh, son of a sports writer in Boston, and had a great call on Sid Bream's base hit for the Braves. It was a two-run single in the 92 NLCS. Okay. In the bottom of the ninth, or at least the extra, it may be extra innings. I think the one of you know, but it was a walk-off two-run single. They were down by one, and. Uh, you know, it's a base hit to live, and it was just a great call. And his voice did crack a little yeah. uh, on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was an amazing call. So, yeah. you know, sometimes it's just the way your voice is, is constructed. But you can also sometimes, because it happened to him a couple of times in this game, the Chiefs-Titans game, you know, if you have a even the slightest saw throat, you know, you have to go up the ladder, so to say. You know, it can it can happen, uh, and and these are the challenges us broadcasters have to deal with in keeping the voice um, fresh. So, um, and then Sean was in it's it's a it's a no man's land for broadcasters on the play that got all the attention, which was the Chiefs fumble for a touchdown that was called back. I don't know if you guys saw that play. Yeah, no, I, I did. That's, so yeah. Kansas City is down by one, and all Tennessee has to do is really run out the clock, I think. I think they had, you know, the, the, the clock on their side. If, so, Gruden had, if Gruden said, remember the Titans one more time, did though, he say I was going to lose my shit. He just, did he say that? Oh, oh, what a great way to go out. He was like, like I said, remember the oh, Titans. I'm great. like, oh, my God. How much did they pay you? How much did Disney pay you? <laughs> Gruden classic. Well, there are Disney. What am I saying? Of course. Now it all makes sense. Yes. It was a plug for a Disney movie. So... So you have, as a broadcaster, it's a really tough spot because you have, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's, they're running at the clock, and it's a run up the middle, and Kansas City pokes out the ball and then returns it for a touchdown. Now, when I saw it initially, I thought, I did not think it was a fumble. I mean, it was really delayed. But you also, as a broadcaster, don't want to flub what could be a game-winning touchdown. Yeah. So I think McDonough says, look, yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna call this. It's happening. Yeah. So he goes nuts. Obviously, you get the situation at the end, and then it's called back. So, yeah. but it's worse if you don't call it. 
And then it ends up being this amazing play. So right. he's in a really tough spot as a play-by-play guy. And not for me to, and again, I feel like we were talking about like feeling weird telling people beforehand how to do their jobs or not feeling qualified. I, I would love to have half the career that Sean McDonough has had. I have the utmost respect for him. So it's no, there's no, no, you won't hear me crit- uh, criticizing him, but that's just the context of the sort of weird situations you can get into as a broadcaster, particularly now with replay. I mean, how often yeah. do you mm. hear passing complete no flags? You know, yeah. that uh, for everything, because all people want to know is, is there a flag? Right. And now we have like, you know, the replay with, did he survive the ground? Is one foot in, I mean, and by the way, Sean Payton had a questionable game at best coaching that uh, Saints-Vikings game oh. with two ill-advised challenges. That was, yeah, that, I mean. And that, I love Aikman, but Aikman goes, well, you know, they, they should have. Well, he defended the one challenge. He defended the first one, but yeah. to me, you don't challenge to you need, take a shot. I get that. You need that those play was timeouts. You're going to need those timeouts. Yeah, that play was moving quicker, so yeah, I, I get But the idea of just, you know what, let's have them take a... I would be more of a, you only challenge if you know for sure. Mm-hmm. But he felt it was a big play. Again, I just don't understand why people can't... See, to me, the technology is there where you should be able to see it immediately. Um, well, actually, very quick question yeah. on that. Cause we, but the second we, one was egregious. I, I, forgot, I actually forgot what the play was, but I know it was t- just a terrible challenge. Before, when we were talking about uh, some coaches who play up in the stands, yeah. or, or play, uh, who coach from up, yeah. up in, in the box, you were saying how they have like the technology where they're able to look at the, the replays and uh-huh. stuff like that. Now, is that in real time? Because I can imagine, wouldn't that be the best scenario or best situation you could be in when you need to know whether or not you should throw the flag? That's a great question. I'm not exactly sure if they're getting the broadcast feed. Right. Uh, I mean, they're definitely getting the broadcast feed. Are they getting other feeds? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Because the broadcast is usually, what, a six-second six delay or well, something? Well, no, no, they're getting, they're getting it in real time. Okay, so okay. They, they are seeing the game. There's no issue. It's just a matter of sometimes, you know, in a broadcast, and uh, you may get to one replay, you may get to two replays, mm-hmm. you know, you may not show a replay. Do they have access to a replay um, that is not being shown on broadcast television? That I don't know. Right, okay. That, that was essentially my question, if they're, I if think they're they able should. to do something like that. I mean, I think that, that now, it almost takes away some of the panel's intrigue, but it, it, it is hard for me to believe that in a playoff game, you couldn't get a look, you know, on something. Or that you shouldn't have access to a look on... Because I believe that the replay coordinators, the NFL, they're getting all the looks, right. you know, even if television's not showing it. So I'm not sure uh, what the deal is. But it, again, it was just very... Unless Sean Payton was like, you know, screw it, I'm going to challenge no matter what, you know. But it made no sense when you saw the replay. It, it made no sense at all. And especially in a situation like that, it just like... And he said afterwards that he was just getting bad advice from people. Oh, did he? Yeah, he said he was getting bad advice from people upstairs. Uh-huh. So I, I don't really know. It's, but again, I, I agreed with Aikman. Like it was, and, and like especially on the second challenge. But um, but you don't do that. You don't want to waste those. You didn't don't want to risk. Though. You don't want to risk not, those timeouts. Did not it, play a role it, in the game, but it, it could have. It didn't play a role. You're right. It, it actually didn't play a role in the game, but it could have. And who knows how it would it have come down to that situation? I mean, probably. Now, I don't know um, if you were like me in that game watching the final moments, Ethan, in that you you had, I thought, you know, Keenum didn't look good on second or whatever the first couple of plays were. Yeah. You almost have that experience as a fan. I was watching with the family out in Long Island. Yeah. Um, answering my dad's totally 
irrelevant questions about the game. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was distracted, of course, and I want to blame my dad for that. Okay. Um, you well, know, blame dad. Right. I'm taking, like, the Trump strategy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but w- w- you almost were lulled to sleep on the last couple. Like, okay, all right. Yeah. Like, there's no way they're going to score. And then they score this amazing play, and I mean, I was as shocked as anybody. Well, I was actually... But I was actually... I, was, I have some Viking... Fans, uh, friends that are Vikings fans, so I was I was happy for them. Well, that's funny you said because I was actually thinking before the game started, I was watching the Fox pregame show, and they were all doing their picks, <clears throat> and they all picked the Vikings. Did they? Ex- they all picked really? the Vikings except for Terry Bradshaw, huh. who picked the Saints. And I said, because I was actually watching the game with my dad, I said, you know, this happened. <laughs> for some reason, I remember this. The 2000, when the Giants were in the Super Bowl in 2008, they all picked New England. But Terry Bradshaw, for whatever reason, picked the Giants. And I was like, the Saints are going to win. Yeah, but you're missing one of Terry's most famous pick was when he picked the Niners. And then Mrs. Mara, the late Mrs. Mara, chastised Terry. Okay. In the post game for oh. picking the Niners in the Giants Niners NFC title game. Oh God, I don't I don't like to be reminded of that game. Uh, well, they won. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking? Wait, what year are you no, talking? No, no, you're not. We're not talking about 02. We're talking okay. about the Giants Niners NFC title game prior to the first Super Bowl that got them in the first Super Bowl against oh. the Patriots, the first of the two Patriots games. Oh, uh, that was the one where Eli got hammered all game and they eked out the win no, against that- Alex Smith and the Niners. That was no, that was 2012. That had to have been. So you're thinking, right? Because no, no, 2000. Oh, oh, you two, might th- be right. 2007. Because yes, it was, you're right. It was the second one. Yes, it was. Right. Yes. That was the that was the champ. I'm sorry. Yes. Was that the championship game or no? That was NFC championship game. That was the NFC yep. championship. You're game. right. It was the second one. Yes. Yeah. 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 But uh, but but again, like I, I, I no, thought, just a quick aside, because Terry was uh, chastised by Miss right. Mara. So, well, I was focusing on this and. And uh, I thought, and then the very last seconds of the game, I was like, see, I was like, Terry Bradshaw, he knew it was right. And then, of course, not even close. <laughs> Who is, I, I love the Fox pregame guys. Uh, you, yeah, they're, they're, I, everyone's fun. got, you know, there's love and hate. I, I like them. They're, they're like a sillier group than the CBS, I would I say. I don't want to be critical of anyone. I'm impartial. To every, every pregame show right. is great. Right. No, it's, okay. Okay. They're all they're all uh, potential employers. We'll, Everyone's great. We'll leave it at that. I think I think how we. I've Long been more opinionated in this podcast than I was in the previous one, which could be very troublesome for my already. No, uh, we I, we've only had positive things to say. Career. About, no, yeah. we've only had positive things to say about people. So, what did you guys think overall of the game of the Saints Vikings game? Oh, amazing! I mean, it's one, of, one of the best games yeah. ever. <laughs> I think. It, well, it, obviously, the finish always is going to cap off, right? Every, and it's interesting. I mean, Minnesota gets down to the 17 nothing lead, but they're, you know, it's all about the environments, too. It's just an interesting place to play a game. It was really the first playoff game at the new Viking Stadium, but it was really yeah. loud, and they have the skull chance and everything. And uh, they get off to the 17 nothing lead, but it looked like Minnesota actually should have had more. Yeah. And then New Orleans is coming back and, uh, you know, Breeze and the whole nine yards. And then... The fourth quarter was, I mean, incredible. Was you had this back and forth. I mean, New Orleans comes. I mean, Minnesota kicks the field goal. New Orleans mm-hmm. kicks the field goal, and then the touchdown. Uh, obviously, to cap it off, it would have been a you know really good game if New Orleans held on. The fact of that Minnesota ending obviously puts it in the annals of yeah. uh, NFL history. To me, yeah. it seemed that it was it started off sloppy. There's overall like sloppy 
defense and offense from the Saints. The the Vikings had a stronger offense, definitely, obviously, but their defense was still they held it together, but it seemed a little shoddy in the in the first half of the uh, of the game. And then the Saints pretty much had the third quarter to themselves. They were dominating then, and then the fourth was just an all out attack from both sides. And then they, it ended up just with that craziest catch I I, 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 it, I don't even know how to describe that because it's just like the Saints kind of gave up and specifically um, what was it Marcus Williams just mm-hmm. I don't know what what was he doing there what was that well uh, I mean obviously, obviously we can't be in his wanted, brain, yeah. but no I mean what do you think he could have been thinking well there was some people that were saying that there was concern of he, was, he really didn't want to commit pass interference and I get that mm-hmm. uh, so he sort of came up short on the tackle I was actually just surprised there was no one backing him up, that the idea that he was the last line of defense. I was surprised by a couple of things. A, as Aikman described, you're trying to push everyone towards the middle of the field. You know, you can't, you're not, you just don't want anyone getting towards the sideline. So you just, so you have a throw that's not to the end zone, but not to, you, somehow Diggs is free <laughs> down the sideline. See, the idea is even if he makes a tackle, some people say he could make the tackle right there and he stays in bounds. I think that's tough. I mean, he may be able to go out of bounds and Minnesota kicks the field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, different ending. But I was just surprised that Diggs was even allowed to go there or that, you know, how he was able to find that hole. And then obviously, Williams is highlighted, but I just figured you'd have prevent defense. I mean, just the idea is no touchdowns. Now, obviously, you also, you really can play that defense when you, a field goal wouldn't win it as well. Mm-hmm. In this case, a field goal still could have won it, but mm-hmm. um, I'm not a coordinator, but uh, whether uh, you're on the field or in the booth, uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I, that, that one was puzzling. Yeah, I mean, but we, I feel like you have to also give it up to Diggs because he was, he, I think, did great Sticking during, during with the it. whole oh, game. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Keenum's throw. Keenum's yeah, throw. yeah. And who doesn't actually, love Adam Thielen? Oh my yeah. God, he was incredible. He's incredible. You know, he yeah. I don't really know if you guys know his story, by the way. Wasn't uh, he? Uh, yeah, I'll let you tell. <laughs> that's okay. Undra- an undrafted free agent uh, out of Minnesota State, Mankato, mm-hmm. which is you know, I mean, uh, it's, uh, I don't know what level they're at, um, but uh, was a uh, dental hygienist. Just you know, wasn't sure. Sort of was like. Okay, you, you know, well, I'm not going to give up on football, but right. you know, was close to big take to give it to, I guess, going into normal work and uh, gets a tryout yeah. with the Vikings and Bears. I think ends up with the Vikings on their practice squad, proves himself. Obviously, shows uh, that that you can't give up and, and, and that you, with determination. I mean, you, you never know where talent's going to come from. Yeah. And he's like one of the top receivers in the league now. Yeah, I mean. It's yeah. it's pretty incredible. He was on my fantasy team this year. I was very happy. Nice. Um, I was happy with that, not overall, but right. I was happy with him. <laughs> yeah. the w- one big thing that I think was a huge game changer for the Saints was that missed uh, touchdown where, where uh, oh, Ginn yeah. should have had the touchdown, but because of the illegal shift flag, it was taken back. Oh, yeah. yeah. This one's coming back. Um, that was in the second quarter. That yeah. would have... I feel well, the like Vikings that would kept on having their touchdowns being taken back, but then they they scored yeah. like on the fifth right. time. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, the, the Vikings kept persisting. I and I feel little, like if yeah. the Saints got that, it would have been maybe I don't know, maybe the edge, the push that they needed. Yeah, I don't see it that mm-hmm. way. Saints no? had the edge. Yeah. In the second half, they, they, they I mean they well, took yeah, they the did lead. Come back. That's <laughs> true. Know? I mean yeah. they had the lead. Uh, that's the sort of play you may look at if you end up losing like. And, and the Vikings go on to take control in the second half. It was the exact mm-hmm. opposite. That's true. I thought you were going to allude to the play in the second half where I forgot what, it was, I think, third down. 
it was the pitch to um, uh, Willie Sneed, and mm. then from Breeze, the pitch to Sneed. Sneed throws it as oh, the receiver right. yeah. wide open yeah. and just overthrew him, or else he may have had a touchdown. That's true. Yeah. Oh, such a perfect that would have been it incredible. Was perfectly set up play, and, just, and that's a play you wait the whole year to get with the right alignment. Yep. I know that's football. Uh, but I really think, I mean, overall, if we're just talking about the, the games overall from this past weekend, like those those games on Sunday, both games were incredible. They were, and and now you know we're we're um, you know coming up on the Super Bowl, but who knows how, how these championship games went because we don't right. actually know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't imagine that they're going to be anywhere close to what we just saw this past weekend. Like that was really, I mean, that was really some of the best stuff. Um, and the, the day before this, the Saturday games were really not all that. I mean, I guess you could say like the, the Philly at Atlanta game was the exciting one, right? Yeah. Because, I'd say so. I because give, the, I'll give the NFL three or four. I think the three or four games, uh, Sunday's games yeah. were exceptional, but Saturday, they, the new, oh, the good. new England, Tennessee game was just atrocious. I mean, it it just seems so mismatched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was awful. Um, but you know, I'm looking forward, as always, looking forward to the Super Bowl um, this year. We, well, we got them on NBC this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth could have the first you know team playing at home in the Super Bowl, which would be which would be really yep. exciting. Um, and I, and I I do want to see that actually because yep. I because I do want to see Minnesota Jacksonville I don't think anyone wants to see New England unless no. unless you're a New England fan like if you're actually like you're from like the Boston area or you're, you're an actual fan of the team there's no one who is like choosing don't, to root for them maybe they're even tired of it no, I'm just kidding they're not no. tired of it at all because you always find something to now their whole thing is the to lean on the uh, narrative you know us against the world with the ESPN report that described the friction between Belichick, Brady, and Kraft. Right, but you know, I I don't I don't hate New England as much as some other like Jet fans. Obviously, Jet fans uh, <laughs> hate New England a lot more than than I ever would. Mm-hmm. That's why even I was even talking to someone today where they I was saying I would root for New England over Philly, and they were like, "What?" Like, and this was like another Giants fan. I'm like, "Why would you like Why would you root for Philly?" Like, well, I don't, I don't understand it. We beat New England twice in the Super Bowl. There's no reason. I don't know. That's just that's that's how you I. You would feel. root for New England against Philly. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Because I don't because I don't want to see Philly win anything ever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see Philly win a Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, that's the, sort the of whole mean. the that's whole. Mean. But no, but the whole. I the, have the too whole, many college buddies down there. No, because as a but but it's like but you would feel the same way. You'd feel the same way if it was if it was if New England never won anything. You'd feel the same way. There's right. a part of me that's, that's thinking the Vikings they Eagles sing game. songs. The Eagles fans are so annoying. The stupid. Oh, fly, trust me, I know. Fly I, Eagles. My fly. Penn State uh, freshman ride on the uh, Blue Loop was filled with E A G L E S Eagles oh. and Fly Eagles Fly. Oh, that's uh, bad awful. with them. Bad. I tell. I mean, I, they're all my friends, but geez, I mean, they were they were insufferable. And those fans, and they're and they're they're just yeah, they're vicious fans. Don't want. Yeah. Well, yeah, I asked sure. my buddy who's a big Vikings fan, but he lives in uh, Pennsylvania, but he wouldn't go to the game because he said the, the fans are too mean. They are. No, I mean, I'd be terrified to go. I got a feeling that that game is going to be a really tough matchup, Vikings-Eagles. Yeah. It's going to be a good one. I'm not sure what's going to go on with the Jags, but like, I feel like that could go either way. Either it's going to be like a wash for the Patriots or I feel like it's going to be really tough. Well, those are the, those are the, the two ways that games can go. They have that to, is true. <laughs> that they, is that's a fact. No, they honestly. <laughs> yes. I, the, the Jaguars they ha, they have to get to Tom Brady. Yes, yeah. that's, that's the thing. They have to rattle Tom Brady. Yeah. Once you do that, I mean that's that's the key that 
it's going to be the Giants. It's it's all going to be it's going to be on the defense. I mean, Bortles needs to perform to, uh, I guess, a mediocre level of like. Well, I mean, no, he honestly, I I actually thought he did pretty well um, last week. I think he he played his part. Like he didn't. He's not like the best QB, but he he knew what to do with the assets that he had. Yeah, uh, and was able to work with it really well. Yeah, because yeah, Landon Fournette knew what to do (laughs) for three touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, so. You know, it remains to be seen, but um, don't but underestimate I, the Jaguars' defense because you have uh, Puzlesny, Penn Stater, Jalen Ramsey, who's insane. Okay, now Jalen Ramsey, here's the problem: he he touched the ring. Okay, you guys know what that means when you touch the ring? No, I don't actually. Uh, you uh, you touch the ring, you you play with fire. Okay, okay. yeah, 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 you 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 tweak the sleeping bear. Not that the pages were gonna come in sleeping. But there's but so there's so many different. Why, why are we being so cryptic? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, football is cryptic, guys. Okay, yeah. so you have the sleeping bear, the Patriots. Okay, you know okay. they're in the championship game, and the Jaguars, <laughs> who beat a very chatty Steelers team. Now are becoming the chatty team, or Jalen Ramsey is by oh, I saying, see what you're saying that uh, we are. Uh, well, did you guys hear Jalen Ramsey's comments? Mm-mm. He said, uh, "Let me see if I can get this quote. Uh, we're going to the Super Bowl, and we're going to win this bitch." That was his line. Mm. Okay. So, uh, and he said that again. That's that's fiery. So uh, <laughs> that means they would have to beat the Patriots. And uh, you know, if you're if you're the underdog, if you're the Jaguars, you want to keep on playing the role of being doubted. You want to keep on playing the role of no one's paying attention. Mm-hmm. I guess, but he's he's fired up. He's you know? fired I, up. I, I, I get that. Yes. I mean, it's exciting for yeah. the Jaguars. But and, you touch the ring. And, and but, we but did right just now, see... right now, like people know what happened. Yeah, we have to remember that. That's true. <laughs> that that? true. Yeah. People, people, we, we are talking from the past but but it could be interesting though it could be interesting people would be like oh yeah like but actually jacksonville won yeah that would be nice yeah although uh like what we're just saying we were talking about how tomlin was thinking a little too too far into the future that's right that's the point yeah that's what i'm trying to tell you guys yeah yeah don't touch the bear or whatever don't don't touch the ring don't touch the ring don't don't wake the bear don't wake the sleeping bear or i touch the money i think Maybe touch the money. The money. We just like talking all these different. Uh, <laughs> these are I'm like I'm yeah. like I'm like putting together different things I've heard on the radio at my yeah. station and uh, like you know just making them halfway yeah. my own. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know. Well, the term "kiss the ring" is like you suck up to like you know the yeah. king. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's going to be an interesting Super Bowl, mm-hmm. as always, looking forward to it. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do we got anything else, guys? I don't know. Jacob, so we have you go, saying the Vikings are going to take it all the way, right? Sure. What, and uh, what are you saying? I say New England. New England? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go. Uh, you know, I'm going to go for the Vikings. I feel like, yeah. I, feel, I feel good about that. Wait, wait, we should do. Especially because oh. if it could be a home game. I mean, the team, so, the team. So New England is the team I think is going to win. Right, win it all. The team I want to win it all is Jacksonville. Okay, that's uh, fair. so we'll go. We'll go with that. So, um, do you want the Vikings to? Well, do, do I, you want the I Vikings be, to win? Honestly, I'd be happy with either Vikings or Jacksonville. Right. to be honest. Okay, keep Philly out. Right, keep Philly out. Keep okay. Philly. Keep the Pats out, and I'll have a great time. Yeah, I'm yeah. an anchor. I don't. I don't share opinions. Oh, that's right. That's right. You can't. <laughs> sure, I'm good. If I want to build my hosting career. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that makes sense. We Do you have anything to... really cryptic that somebody could maybe try to figure oh, out? Oh, that's good. Well, look, I mean, <laughs> the chipmunk has the pneumonia. Bears, the bears to win. 
I want a team that's not even. By the way, look out. Look out for the Texans because it's always that team that you don't expect to be there. Right. It's there. Okay. <laughs> and we'll, we'll leave it on that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, who's J- performing at halftime of the Super Bowl, by the way? Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Oh, I love Justin Timberlake. Yeah. One of the most talented performers of our generation. He is very talented. No yeah. Janet Jackson, though. No. Uh, well, I thought always Michael Jackson was the comparison. No, no, well, no. Janet Jackson would had the nipple. Oh, yeah. Well, nipple was gate. that with Justin? That was yeah. with JT. Right, right. I always got confused because everyone forgets about Nelly as the headliner in that very raunchy halftime Super Bowl. Wait, he was the headliner? Or he was also part this. of that. He was oh, also oh, really? performing. You're probably right. And I but love everyone's, Nelly. everyone's forgotten about it. Yeah. Well, I know what Nelly got should happen too. now is J- Janet Jackson should come out and nipplegate Justin this yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a reverse. Exactly. Reverse it. Bring her career back, and yeah. No, that's. Yeah, I should say, I know just, Nelly's, just I know Nelly's been in the news out. for some. There was some questionable um, sexual behavior, so I don't support that. But I love Nelly's. Do you music. mean R. Kelly? No, Nelly. Nelly. Nelly was also in the news. Oh, I didn't know I didn't Nelly know was still news. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't well, know Nelly was an you know, public guy at all anymore. Once in a while. Well, all right. Yeah, so the halftime. So we'll have an interesting halftime show yeah. to look forward to as well. It's Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson, Jackson, and Nelly. Except, uh, well, one of the three. I don't think the other two have been invited back. Special guest appearance by Nelly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Jacob, thanks again for doing this. this Thanks again for being here. And thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.